Welcome to the Bridgeway Community Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Bridgeway, visit our website at bridgeway.cc. To watch this and all of our sermons, visit our YouTube channel and be sure to subscribe while you're there. For sermon notes, click the link in the description. Today, our founding and senior pastor, Dr. David Anderson, concludes his series called High Five. Today's message is called Mighty and Fit, and Dr. Anderson will teach the importance of alignment and connection in order for the body of Christ to be mature and mighty. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's sermon. Well, today brings our, our five-week series to an end. High five. We've talked about uh, what it means to be mature and mighty in Christ in many different ways, according to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. I hope you've enjoyed uh, this five-week series. I tell you, I've completely uh, enjoyed it. I hope it's stretched you. I know it's stretched me uh, personally. And if you have enjoyed it, let me know, or else I won't know. You can always send me an email or post something, but let me know how it's affected your life. And our prayer is that it will continue to work in you as you have been blessed and challenged and encouraged during these five sermons. By way of review, in case you've missed it, let me just re remind you of what those messages were. The first one in the series was Mighty and Function. And we talked about using our best gifts for the greatest impact. You might remember this inverted V. In the second message, it was Mighty in Faith. We talked about God using spiritual leaders, remember the five-fold ministry, to have heavy influence on our spiritual maturity. Mighty in function, mighty in faith. Thirdly, mighty in fullness. We talked about filling up your spiritual buckets by adding seven beautiful qualities to your spiritual life. Do you remember what those seven qualities were? From 2 Peter chapter 1. Go check it out and read 2 Peter 1 verses 3 through 8 and add to your spiritual bucket. And then last week, we talked about mighty in fortitude. And we said that spiritual maturity is, it will weaken spiritual flimsiness, but it will strengthen spiritual fortitude. Well, today ends it with mighty and fit, mighty and fit. And in a moment, we will read that passage one more time to remind us of each phrase that we have we have been learning about and trying to be a mature and mighty in Christ community right here at Bridgeway Community Church. Let's bow in a word of prayer and then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your faithfulness in teaching us and reaching us. And Lord, we ask that now as we take in today's word, it would motivate us to go to the next level in our spiritual lives and in our church. Thank you, Lord, for the tent services we've been having in Columbia now for six weeks and maybe a few more weeks to go, God. We just pray you continue to give us good weather and uh, you continue to move us wherever we are, not only in Maryland, but all around the world through our internet system. So, God, we just pray now that you would anoint today's message in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Spiritual connection and spiritual covering brings us a sense of spiritual comfort and calm. 
spiritual connection and spiritual covering gives us a sense of spiritual comfort and calm. The anointing of God flows through, through authority and through alignment. There's a passage in the Old Testament in Psalm 133 that says, how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. And then it goes on and it talks about oil that's coming from Aaron's head. Aaron was the head of all the priesthood of the Israelites and how the oil would come from his head and it would flow down to his beard, from his beard to the collars of his robe and from the robe onward. And it's a picture of the unity uh, within the body flowing because it's in alignment under the headship and the authority. But then the text uses a second picture, and it's a picture of dew, D-E-W. And that dew is like the dew on the mountain of Hermon, it goes on to talk about. But the idea is that the dew is covering the mountain in the morning. And that covering is a sense of peace, a sense of calm, a, a sense of newness, if you will. And so in this small little chapter, you can read it on your own sometime, Psalm 133, with just three verses, we see that when there is a connection, when there is covering, when there is authority, and when there is alignment within it, it brings blessing. And that's what it says in verse 3 of Psalm 133, that it is there that God brings a blessing. Where? It is where there's unity. It's where there is covering. It's where there is connection that God brings a blessing. And like that oil, and oil can stand for order in life or order in the Lord. God works in order, and it's in that order that God then brings blessing. It's in that unity of connection that God brings blessing. Disorder, on the other hand, brings chaos and, and confusion and discomfort. Oil is a picture of anointing. It's a picture of comfort when you need a salve to rub over you. It's a picture of healing. And that, that blessing of the Lord of healing and that blessing of the Lord of, of comfort comes when there is a, an order from the head all the way through. And then that's where that oil is coming down to the beard and and to the collar and, and to the robe. Anything that's connected to, to the head, that flowing of anointing in that order can come. And that other picture of the dew, isn't it quite nice? A covering over the mountains in the morning. It just brings a sense of calm and peace, doesn't it? And even when the dew is gone, guess what? It comes again the next morning. And some of us, that's exactly what we need is the dew of God, the freshness of God that covers us and that comes back to us when it feels like life has burned everything away, when it feels like we've gone through the most difficult times because life brings that. It brings rain and it brings sunshine, but it, it brings fire and it brings pain. But in the morning, there is that new dew and that's what Psalm 133 is talking about. There is oil and there is dew. In other words, there is a blessing of covering and calm that comes from being connected to God's order. But as I think about that dew covering the mountain, I think about how God renews us every morning. Maybe that's why God's favorite soda is Mountain Dew.
There you go. So there you have it. For those of you who love Mountain Dew, well, you're just like God. Here's the difference, though. This Mountain Dew is actually artificial. It's full of calories. It's probably not very good for you. But the Mountain Dew of God is real. There's no calories. And when he shows up in the morning to bring his new mercies, guess what? It's all fresh and it's all good for you. So what have we said so far except to remind you that spiritual connection and spiritual covering will bring a sense of comfort and calm. Do you need comfort in your life? Do you need calm in your life? Well, today as I read our key text, we're going to talk about what it means to be connected one to another and what it means to have mightiness in our fit with the body of Christ. Let's go right back to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. And 16 is where we're going to land. It was he who gave to some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, some to be teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach, in, reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful schemes. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect a mature, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Here's our key verse. Are you ready? From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. In that verse, I want to give you five key observations just from verse 16 that describe God's alignment for his church. Number one, observe the source. It says in the first two words of that sentence in Verse 16, it says, from him. In other words, Jesus Christ is the source. So it says, from him the whole body is joined together. From him meaning Jesus Christ. In the verse before it, it actually says, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. So it's from him, the head, that the rest of the body moves. And so observe that the source of our unity the source of our connection, the source of the oil coming down from the head to the beard to the robe, the source of the dew that covers our lives is Jesus Christ. He is the head of the church. The church is not only for him, the church is from him. So that's the first observation. Observe, secondly, the sum. It says, from him, the whole body. 1 Corinthians 12 says that we're one body, but many members are many parts. Jesus is the sum of all the parts. He's not only the head of the church, but we are the whole body of Christ, which comes from that head, and he's the sum of all the parts. No part is more important than another one. And just because some are more prominent, it doesn't mean they're more important 
or just because some are less prominent, it doesn't mean that they're less important. In fact, Paul, not only the writer of Ephesians, but the writer of Colossians, also says that in chapter 2, that religiously legalistic people have lost connection with the head, Christ. God doesn't want the body fighting against itself, being legalistic against itself, and as a result, having conflict with itself. Let me read it in Colossians 2, verse 19. It says, talking about the religiously legalistic person, he has lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews or tendons, grows as God causes it to grow. You see, we are a diverse kingdom and a diverse body with many parts, and no part is missing, no part should ever be dishonored. Well, what's the third observation? Observe not only the source, the head, the sum, which is Jesus, the whole body, but the stitch. Notice what it says. It says back in verse 16 that he is the one that joins us and holds us together. It says in the next phrase, joined and held together by every supporting ligament. Joined and held together. Observe the stitch. God is the one that stitches us together as a body. Blacks, whites, Asians, Hispanics, males, females, children, adults, seniors, we're all a part of one body. And while we may have different ministries within the church to try to help certain parts of the body get stronger, like when you go and work out, you may work arms one day, legs one day, that sort of thing. It's still a part of one whole body, and it affects the entire body. And God's the one who joins us together and stitches us together. Some of you will remember a few weeks ago, I showed you that, that African jacket that was, that was stitched together by a, a, a Kenyan seamstress. Do you remember that? Look at that? Look at that picture. All the different beautiful parts of that jacket, but they seamlessly are stitched together, not blended to such a way that you can't see the distinctions. You still have individual distinctions, and it's beautiful, but when you put it all together and you stitch it together, if you pull one part of the fabric, it affects another part of the fabric. And if you pull one part of the body, it affects the other part of the body. And if one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. If one part of the body rejoices, we all rejoice. It's not blending in cultures to the degree that you can't see distinction. It's the beauty of the distinctions that are fitted together and woven by the professional seamstress that makes that jacket work and that makes the body of Christ work, joined together. The Holy Spirit is the one that keeps us together. Our theme was last year to, to, to focus on on unity, to maintain the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Some parts are joined together. Some parts are held together. It says joined and held. Jesus is the glue that holds us together. You know, a year or so ago when we were going through the George Floyd aftermath season in our country, in our culture, really in the world, but even as a church, we had to hold things together 
even as we address the issue of race in America. And there are times in our lives and there are times in our country, there are times in our homes where we have to hold things together because so many things can pull us apart. And the things that go on that might be unjust in your homes, in your churches, in our country, in our culture, they have to be addressed. But still, we've got to hold things together. We've got to remind each other what's most important, and that's our unity in Christ. But that doesn't mean you don't address when the stitch begins to come apart, when the, when the jacket becomes torn. You still have to address it. But the goal is to knit it back together, to hold it together. I have a, I like to wear fedoras, and uh, this morning, you know, I grabbed one of my fedoras and realized that a piece of it was coming apart. You know, one has a little feather and a little ribbon around it. I don't have a picture of it or anything, but it was falling apart. And somebody on my ministry team, I'm like, can you fix this? So she took it and she, she said, look, I can fix it later, uh, but right now I, I'm just putting it together. And she held it together and stitched it with a safety pin or, or, or something like that. Do, do you know that sometimes what God does in our life is he, 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 he attaches something and fixes it before, you know, uh, to hold you together just until you can be healed? And some of you, I realize, are being held together. He wants to move you from being held together to being healed. And the reality is, for some of you, you've got to hold your families together right now. For some of you, you've got to hold your marriages together right now. For some of you, you've got to hold your mind together right now for whatever, it is, whatever, whatever reason you feel like you're about to lose your mind. Hold, hold it together. He's the one that can help us hold it together. He'll put a safety pin. He'll, he'll put something in there just to keep you, keep you going. Some of you have your lives hanging by a thread right now. But God wants to take you from that place to a place of healing. And remember, that's the dew of the Lord that will come in the morning. Hold on. It's darkest at night. But I tell you what, right before the dawn, it's the most dark before the powerful light comes through. For some of you, you got to hold your ministry together. Maybe you should just think about that phrase. Hold it together and tell yourself, hold it together. Look in the mirror, look to your neighbor, look to your family member, look to the person that's watching this with you and say, you know what? We got to keep it together. The stresses and the strains on the body of Christ can challenge the unity of the faith, but we are followers of Christ united in the spirit. Let's stick together. But remember, true unity isn't masked by false kumbayas and moments where you just forget that there's any problem. It's about addressing and attaining the healing for offenses and injuries and righting wrongs. That's where the healing comes from. True forgiveness. Or in my book, I for grace you, doing good to those who've hurt you, true for graceness where you forgive and then you elevate that forgiveness to being kind and extending grace. I'm not saying this is the easiest thing to do at all, but I am saying that this is what God calls us to if we're a part of one body, which then leads me to the fourth of five observations from verse 16. Just looking at each phrase along the way, observe the support. It says, 
every supporting ligament. Did you see that? Every supporting ligament. Ligaments are maybe what 1 Corinthians 12 means by the unpresentable parts. When it talks about different parts of the body, the unpresentable parts are the ones that need no special treatment. What that text is saying to us is there are parts of the body that you never see. They're, they're not prominent at all, but they're very, very important. And that's why we ought to always remember that people who are serving in the church, serving on your job, serving in your family, who may not be the ones that are most prominent, make a true difference to keep things moving. And that's what ligaments do. Do you know what a ligament is? A ligament is a connective tissue that ties bone to bone. You know the difference between a ligament and a tendon? A tendon is a connective tissue that ties muscle to bone. And so they're both connective tissues. Colossians talks about the, the, the ligament and the tendons. And here in Ephesians, he says, being every supporting ligament, a connective tissue. I asked my stretcher yesterday, you know how I go get stretched a couple times a month, and it was on Saturday, and I go in, and I'm laid out on the table, and, you know, she's doing the whole stretching thing. And as she's stretching my, my leg and my thigh and opening up my hips and twisting me like a pretzel, it hurts so good, but you walk out and you just feel like, ah. So that's why I go to Stretch Works. I've told you all about this before. Works. The S at the end is actually a Z. You check them out online. Stretch Works. So anyway, I go to Dejati, and Dejati just will bend me like crazy, right? And my daughter Asia goes, and other staff members who I'll send over there will go. Well, anyway, I asked Dejati while she was like, like bending my leg, I asked her, I said, so can you tell me um, what is a ligament? And she said, you know, a ligament uh, is tissue that connects the bone to the bone. And I love the way she put it. She said that it's without the ligament, when you walked or when you moved, it would be very painful. But the ligament is there so that you can move gracefully without pain. Isn't that interesting? The ligament is there so you can move gracefully without pain. There's a picture that Paul wants us to see, that the body of Christ, he's saying every supporting ligament, each of us ought to be like a ligament within the body. And the ligaments are the supporting mechanisms that allow our limbs to connect and operate smoothly. But you know what attacks those joints? Arthritis. <laughs> Does anybody know about arthritis? Arthritis then is the immune system attacking the joints by accident, and guess what happens? It creates pain in your joints. You see, when people act like arthritis by wrongly accusing and attacking other parts of the body, it causes pain. But when we are a supporting ligament, it causes the grace of movement. Can you imagine bone on bone without any ligament, without any tendons? Ouch! And so God says, what I want you to be in the body of Christ is I want you to be supporting ligaments. Yes, the clergy and the five-fold ministry are so important, indeed, but it's about the body, too. Not just the, the servants at the top, if you want to call that the top. It's the whole body, and no one's more prominent or more important, even though they may be more prominent, 
In my opinion, the reason that the body works so well is not just because the head, but because of the actual body. You see, the head commands the body to move and to do all the work. Think about it now. If you just thought about coming to church, that wouldn't make you go to church. If you just thought about clicking on to bridgeway.cc or Facebook or YouTube to engage in today's service, guess what? That doesn't get you there. The head may make the decision, but it's the body that does the motion. You made it to church because you picked up the phone. You clicked online. You walked into your living room. You turned on the television or the computer. Your brain thought it and decided it, but the body executed what you decided. Without the body, what would your head even be doing right now? Sitting around thinking? Talking? Turning if your neck works? Or maybe no action at all? Maybe just looking around? Well, the same is true for the body of Christ. Christ is the head, yes. But we are the body. In other words, Christ is the head that commands us, but we are the hands and the feet of Christ. God desires not only to work in us, but to work through us in the world. This is why Jesus said in Matthew 25, 40, what you have done for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you have done it to me. And in Matthew 25, 45, and if you've not done it to the least of these, you've not done it to me. Jesus is saying, I'm the head, but I'm working through you to affect the earth. We are Christ's hands and feet, and we are the body of Christ, the connective tissue that allows the grace of God to move throughout the earth. And without these support systems in the church, think about it. These are very important positions in the church, but they're not really seen. Like facilities, accounting of the offerings, operating the organization, bathrooms and tents and lights and air control and parking. These are the things that you might not think are very, very important, but they're the most important, even though they may not be the most prominent. And these are the supporting ligaments that allows the church to operate. You see, friends, it takes unified operation for the church not only to produce and execute a service, but also to serve the community. God wants us to be the hands and the feet of the head. He's the head. We are the body of Christ. And God has decided that he's going to move on the earth through us to the rest of the world. And so as the church exists, we are supposed to move together with a sense of grace. Now, I've given you these five observations, and in a moment, I'll give you uh, two practical applications before we end. But we've said, observe the source, the head. Observe the sum, one body, many parts. He's all of it. Observe the stitch, the way he fits us together and observe the support, the way he wants us to operate by supporting one another. I can't imagine bone on bone without the comfort of connective tissue, but some of you can because maybe you've hurt your ligament or your tendon. You needed to get shots. You needed something to be a cushion between the hard bones. Can I tell you something? Some churches 
bone to bone all the time. No connective tissue, no sense of grace, no sense of love. They're the body of Christ, but it hurts to be a part of them. May it never be at Bridgeway. May the oil of God flow through every part of the body so that there is a connectivity between us. May the dew of God be the grace that covers us every single day so that we can have the spiritual connection and the spiritual covering that gives us a sense of comfort and calm. Let me give you the final of the observations, number five, and that's the surge. Observe the surge. It says, the very last phrase, grows and builds itself up in love. As churches grow in grace, they ought to surge in love. God wants us to be a place of love. It sounds like an old, old record, doesn't it? The church ought to be a place of love. God is a God of love. But the reality is, that's the, that's the end all be all. God so loved the world, he gave his son. One man put it like this, love is the central measuring rod of Christianity. We at Bridgeway need to be a church of love. I want us to be a church of love. I believe we are a church of love, but I just wanna remind us of our vision statement to be a multicultural body of fully devoted followers of Christ who are moving forward in unity and love to reach our community, our culture, and our world for Jesus Christ. Let me give you two practical applications. Number one, commit to being a great ligament. Commit to being a great ligament, a supporting cast, if you will. Being a connective tissue that holds things and people together within the church. You know, our elders and our elders council of women, when we get together, it's such a support for me and it's such a support for our ministry because they provide a do, they provide a covering over the ministry. But you hardly ever see them because we're at six or seven or eight in the morning uh, during the weekdays, praying together, meeting together, supporting one another and praying for you. There's so many different ways to be a connective tissue the altar prayer teams up here after services when we're in person like we are in Columbia at noon today in our tent. But also, guess what? People are praying when they're not up front for you. There's a care ministry where we are caring for people and Pastor Jen and, and Rachel Maruka and Steve Maruka and their, or their teams of people are there to serve those who are going through difficult challenges and losses in their life. Be a great ligament. One of the ways you can be a great connective tissue, one of the ways that you can be a great ligament in our church is by becoming a partner at Bridgeway Community Church. Becoming an official partner is one of the 30 mature and mighty challenges that we have. I gave 30 challenges. If you go to bridgeway.cc slash, type out the word 30, you'll see 30 different challenges, and I ask you to choose three. Some of you have choose, chosen so many more. But maybe this is one you ought to think about choosing, and that is becoming a partner at Bridgeway. You know, when you become a partner, you actually promise four things. You promise that you will protect the unity of the church. 
which means you're going to refuse the gossip. You're going to refuse to tear people down. You're going to refuse to talk negatively about other people. You're going to be a, a connective tissue that allows grace to flow in the body. That's what you're promising. You're promising to protect our unity. Secondly, you promise that you will share in the responsibility of the church with your giving and with your, with your service, your talents, your time, your treasures. You promise, thirdly, that you will serve the ministry of the church. And fourthly, that you will support the testimony of the church. Think about those four. Protect the unity, share in the responsibility, serve the ministry, and support the testimony of your church. Can you make those promises to the best of your ability? If so, then what is keeping you from partnering with Bridgeway Community Church? Be a supporting ligament through serving and through giving. Even join one of the 30-30 challenges or three of them. I want you to use your time and your talents and your treasures to be a great support for keeping us held together. And can I just say for a pause for a moment that there are so many great supporting ligaments in this church. You can't see them because you're looking at me, but this service wouldn't happen without a tech team of people who are behind cameras, people who have on headsets, people who are in other rooms watching it, people who are online, people who are making sure that the audio works and the lighting works. These are supporting ligaments that allows me to use my gift but it takes a whole lot of other people using their gifts and their talents to make sure that it makes it to your phone and to your living room, supporting ligaments. And I just want to say, the way you can be strong in your support is by partnering with us and by using your gifts and your talents. And many of you have been doing it for so many years. And I just want to say thank you. You've attended church services. You've given offerings. You volunteered your service. You've given your best to this church. You've encouraged our staff, our clergy, me, and my family. If I can just say thank you, that's what I'm going to do. Thank you. 500 of you have already joined in our mature and mighty challenges. If you've not already done it, do it because spiritual connection and covering will give you comfort and calm. I said I was going to give you two practical applications. You got one. Become a great ligament at Bridgeway Community Church. Here's the second one. You ready? Commit to growing in love. Commit to growing in love. As we build the church up and as we grow in love, that means we'll become encouragers of one another. That means that we will serve one another. That means that we are going to choose love over all other things. They're, they're, the scriptures make it clear that we, above all else, are supposed to love one another. Jesus Christ said, by this, your love, by this, the world will know that you are my disciples if you what? Love one another. Our Christianity is defined by our love, not by our theological positions, our philosophical positions, or by our preferences or our passions. All those things are important, but love beyond your positions. It doesn't say in the scriptures, if someone disagrees with your biblical view, you don't really have to love them anymore. 
If someone has a different lifestyle than you believe is scriptural, then you don't have to love them anymore. Friends, we must treat all others as sisters and brothers. We must treat all others as sisters and brothers. That's everyone. What happens within church and within Christianity is we want people to be born again, and they are. We want people to be saved, and they are. And so we call them our Christian brother or sister. But I want to challenge you that your brothers and your sisters are beyond the body of Christ. You have brothers and sisters within Christianity, but you also have brothers and sisters within humanity. You don't wait for someone to get saved before they come your brother or your sister. And this messes with some people's theological view. But the reality is, think about your own family. When a baby's born in your family, do you wait for that child to become saved before you let them belong? Or do you love them and accept them into your family, hoping one day they will make a decision to come to know Jesus? So the human family, you accept them as a family member. When they get saved, you accept them as a Christian family member. And that's why we baptize people. Today we're going to be baptizing people. Guess what? That's a beautiful thing. But guess what? You can have brothers and sisters who are not in the body of Christ. You're like, I don't know if I agree with that, Pastor. That's the problem. When you treat all others like sisters and brothers, it changes the way you relate. But when you treat them as those who are out there, it also gives you a sense of, of superiority, exclusion. God's trying to include people. You say, but, but is there anywhere in Scripture? Well, actually, I referenced it in a veiled way. Remember what Jesus said? Whatever you have done to the least of these, listen, brothers and sisters of mine, <laughs> you've done to me. He talked about the poor. He talked about people around the street, people who need to be fed, people who need to be clothed. He said the least of these are my brothers and my sisters. Hmm, Jesus, what are you talking about? What happens is we draw these theological lines, and we should. I'm not saying we don't have family members within our, chrono, within our cultural families. That's why black people say to other black people, that's my brother, not brother, brother, sister. We don't know one another. It happened to me the other day. We were in a restaurant with my team, and, and there was a, a, a table of, of white folk and one black dude, big old bald black dude. And there's me and, and a couple other folk. And this guy was at a restaurant in, uh, in Maple Lawn. And when that table got up, those six uh, folk, five of whom were white, and the black dude, they walk out. I kid you not. My team didn't even see this. I looked up at him, and he walked by. He looked at me, and he did this. He went, ain't nothing but the nod to say, what's up, brother? I see you in here. You see me in here. There ain't a lot of us in here. <laughs> But you, my brother, I have never seen that man before. He's never seen me before. Why? Because within culture, you have brothers and sisters. But within humanity, broader than that, you have brothers and sisters. I'm not saying they're Christian brothers and sisters, but I am saying they're human brothers and sisters. If that's the case, treat them like that, just like your family and your home. You got brothers and sisters who are probably not even saved, uncles and aunts who are probably not even saved, but you'll identify them as your family, won't you? Why? Because you relate to them like family, but you pray for them that they'd become a part of your Christian family. 
As I bring this to an end, let me just say to you that uh, uh, the Lord has been working on me in so many ways in this series. And I knew when I was preaching this message that I, I got a sense that dry bones clicking together was something that I needed to study and read. So I went to my email and I just, I, I just put in dry bones to see if I'd ever done any messages on Ezekiel 37. And sure enough, an email came up. And I don't have time to read it today, but the email was from six years ago where a, a prophetic woman said that as a church, we need to have revival and God's spirit needs to move among us. And do you know what? That's exactly what's happening in our church. I'm so excited about the revival that's coming up October 29th and 30th. Next week, Pastor Eli is going to be preaching, and then he's going to kick the revival off the first uh, message of the 30 preachers. And then on that Sunday, after the revival's over on that Sunday, I'm going to preach on a message called, I Hear the Sound of Revival. And I'm going to preach about the dry bones coming together. And I'm hoping that not only will we connect and be unified, but I'm hoping that the very dew of God revives us and drops on us again one day. Not the fake kind, but the real dew of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to the Bridgeway Community Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Bridgeway, visit our website at bridgeway.cc. To watch all of our sermons, visit our YouTube channel and make sure you subscribe while you're there. If you'd like to download sermon notes, just click the link in the description. If you'd like to take part in our 30th anniversary challenge, go to bridgeway.cc 30. That's bridgeway.cc T-H-I-R-T-Y. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.